We continue with our journey through the book of Hebrews. Hebrews, remember, is written primarily to Jewish converts and contains a lot of Old Testament, Old Testament imagery. We're going to see that actually in today's scripture reading. This New Testament book was written to people who had been through difficulty who may not have been at the pinnacle of their own spiritual journey. The Hebrews were facing intense suffering. The whole aim of the letter is the encouragement to persevere the last 15 months as we have sat with together the last couple of weeks has likely impacted the many habits and rhythms of how we nurture our spiritual lives. We have experienced trauma in many ways, collective trauma. Friends, it's an important summer for us to hopefully be revived. The way we will be revived is through rest. Hebrews has something to say about rest. Today we find ourselves in chapters three and four. Our scripture reading today is just gonna be a, a portion of that. I'll leave the reading of the middle of chapter three to the middle of chapter four with you later this day or later this week. This part of the letter encourages the reader to make every effort to enter into that rest. To understand these chapters, we need to understand the context of an Old Testament book, the book of Hebrews, specific, specifically chapters 13 and 14. Under Moses, God delivered his people out of captivity and slavery in Egypt with miraculous plagues in the parting of the Red Sea. As they wandered through the wilderness, on the way from Egypt to Canaan, the land that was promised to them, they had enjoyed the protection and provision of the pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day. When they were hungry and asked for food, God provides manna fresh every day. There's been a lot of grumbling during the whole journey. When they grumble and want water, God provides water time and time again. On the brink of entering the promised land, Moses sends 12 spies into the land. Many of you know the story. He tells them, go into the land, scout it out. See if the people are big or small, if they are many or are they few, are there trees or not, and why don't you bring back a little bit of local produce while you're at it. When they returned, they gave their report. Ten reported that the job was too big. The people in the land were like giants. Only two reported that yes, the people in the land are like giants but we should still go, we should trust God. As a result of the report, the whole camp of the Israelites erupted into rebellion against the Lord and Moses. Israel's response was to panic. They did not believe that God would help them. They were sure that it wasn't possible any longer to possess the land. As a result, the Israelites will now wander in the desert for 40 years. They missed out on the rest that God had for them because of their refusal to trust God. The wilderness generation is an example and a warning to you and to me. The Israelites, they miss it. 
They end up thinking it would be better if they just went back to Egypt and they miss the rest that God had for them. The writer of Hebrews appeals to the reader, to you and to me, to not let God's promised rest elude us. Don't miss what God offers today. Let's turn our attention to Hebrews, the third and fourth chapter. This is God's word for us. Take care, brothers and sisters, that none of you may have an evil, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partners of Christ, if only we hold our first confidence firm to the end. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest is still open, let us take care that none of you should seem to have failed to reach it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Oh Lord, may the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts and our minds, may it all be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer, speak to us words of life for the sake of one another and for the sake of your world. Amen. I'd like to invite us to consider the Sabbath for a moment. The Sabbath is God's good gift for humankind. Sabbath is first revealed in the creation story when God sets for us the rhythm between work and rest. Sabbath is sheer grace. To come into Sabbath, you must leave behind the six days world, as poet Wendell Berry calls it. You've got to leave behind the six days world, a world of work and control and burden with all of its plans and hopes in order to remember that the six days world is not the whole world and that our identity is not based on what we do. However, Sabbath rest here in the book of Hebrews seems to have a larger meaning than simply entering into a rest on a particular day of the week. I think many of us have an uneasy relationship with rest. Being crazy busy for some of us, maybe many of us, is now a virtue. There was a study conducted a few years ago that found that 55% 55% of Americans do not take advantage of all of the paid time available to them during any particular year, 55%. Uh, a different study related to rest, but a whole different study, found that 36% of Americans on any given day do not get adequate sleep. Leaving aside the various reasons that contribute to these two statistics, it seems that statistically speaking, rest is elusive for many of us. My former colleague George, now pastoring in Seattle, reminded me recently of something called hurry sickness. 
Hurry sickness is to compulsively believe that you have more to do than time allows. That you have more to do than time allows. Here are a few symptoms of hurry sickness. See if you can connect with any of these. You move from one checkout line to another because it's shorter or faster. You count the cars in front of you and either get in the lane that has the least or is moving the fastest. You lay on the horn of your car because the person in front of you didn't turn fast enough. You multitask to the point that you forget one of the tasks. Many of us are infected. To stay emotionally healthy and spiritually alive in the chaos and pace of the modern world means from time to time, we have to slow down. The whole creation has rest built into its foundation. Rest makes its appearance at the beginning. In fact, in Hebrews 4, if you were to read through Hebrews 4, you would see that the author of Hebrews, that he refers back to Genesis, the second chapter of Genesis, reminding us that we learn in Genesis 2 that after God created the world and said that it is very good, that God rested from all the work that he had done. Rest is built into the beginning. And rest makes its appearance at the end, at the finished work of redemption when pain and toil are ended, when suffering and mourning and crying and pain will be no more and God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. But rest isn't just a concept that we apply to the beginning and at the end. It is, always, it is also a quality of Christian life that is lived in the middle, in the middle before the wonderful beginning and the glorious ending. God is very much alive and at work in the muddled middle. The problem is, is that it is so very easy to get lost and disheartened in the difficult middle with all of its tragic and painful moments. The demands are great. There is suffering to be endured. The crucial task for the community of faith is to trust in God's promises and to help one another to remember in the muddled middle that God has been and will continue to be faithful. It's a part of our life together. We accompany one another in the middle, facing the ugly details and the meaningless routines, all the while stubbornly insisting that the unlovely and challenging middle is somehow connected to the great beginning and the glorious ending, all involving rest. Friends, what kind of rest are you looking for, longing for? Is it physical rest? either sleeping or sitting down for a few moments? Is it rest from emotions and thoughts that are just constantly running through your mind and your heart? Might it be rest from pain or difficult circumstances? Sabbath rest is still available. The time of rest is today. Yet it is so easy to fall into someday mentality. 
For example, when the weekend gets here, then I will rest. When I retire, <laughs> then we will rest. When school finishes, when the kids get back to school, when I have enough money saved for my kids' college education, when I get promoted, when I finish that big project, when I get to my happy place with sand and palm trees, then and there, I will rest. It's that idea that when one particular thing happens, then my life will include rest. Friends, someday mentality was alive and well in, in Jesus' time when Jesus walked the earth and, and before it's human nature. Sure, someday is full of potential. Anything can happen someday. But the problem with someday mentality is that we miss the life or sure can miss the life and the gifts that God offers to us right now, today. Anglican priest Tish Warren has musings on rest in a chapter titled Sabbath Rest in the Work of God in her book Liturgy of the Ordinary. As she considers how out of step we are with the reality of our needs and limits, Warren writes, the holiness of rest and the blessedness of unproductivity is a foreign idea to many of us. We are people of 24-hour big box stores, wee-hour drive-throughs, and all-night coffee shops. We have late night TV and late, late night TV. We have five hour energy shots available at the grocery store checkout line. Our culture of restlessness and limitlessness has not affected, not only affected our bodies, it has shaped our faith. As Americans, the subtle idea that our relationship with God relies on our own efforts and energy is part of our DNA. Rest is not simply a physical need. It is not only our brains and muscles and eyelids that must learn habits of rest. We need holistic rest, physical, psychological, and spiritual. We need rituals and practices to receive God's rest or grace and renewal. We need other believers, the church over 2,000 years, to help tutor us in wholeness. We must take up the practices of resting in God and in his gifts to us. Some of you know, I began working on a doctorate five years ago. I wasn't asked to pursue another degree. It wasn't a requirement. It's something I felt compelled to do, a good intentional way to use my continuing education, a way to continue to grow and to learn. At least once a week, I questioned what in the world I was thinking. <laughs> Starting Fuller's Doctor of Ministry program five years ago was delightful and it will have a glorious end, hopefully a year from now, when mourning and crying and pain over writing papers will be no more. <laughs> but life in the middle as a doctor of ministry student has been incredibly challenging. It has been difficult for me to carve out time to read thousands of pages from particular authors and to write long papers on top of everything else there is to do. A primary reason I am still on the journey 
is because of my community of support. A group of, of women that I actually had to form at the very beginning of the program, it was required that I do this for just one term, a group of people to support you. We all need a community of support. And this group decided to continue to journey after that one term, which has been great because community and relationships always take time. Friends, faith and trust can be fragile, beaten down by fear. Despite all the signs and the wonders that God did among the ancient people in the wilderness, despite seeing God's glory, they disobeyed. They still refused to believe in God's power, refused to believe in God's goodness, in God's provision, in God's presence among them. And we are prone to do the same. We need each other's support and encouragement. We need and are called to exhort one another every day. Who helps you, in the words of the psalmist, to be still and to know that God is God in the midst of the chaos and challenges of life? Who helps you not to panic? Who helps you to trust God? And who might you encourage to persevere? Who you know is in a time of suffering? If we are hoping to be revived this summer, we've got to learn how to rest. Carve out some time, will you, this week. This is your assignment. Carve out some time. Actually, you're going to have two assignments. Carve out some time this week to slow down. Can you do it? To take a, a long walk, lay in the water, and spend time giving thanks to God for the amazing gift of your body. Journal about how God has provided for you and your family this past year. Linger over a meal with a good friend and talk about things that really matter. It may feel odd, but it's what you are created to do. We enter into rest, and then we get to be agents of rest in a weary world. There is a practice of attention that I want to invite you into this week to help you to experience the rest that is available for us today. We're actually going to experience this together in just a few moments. It's called the prayer of examine. The examine is a way of being with God in order to grow in your understanding of how God is present with you as you look back and remember and see God's faithfulness and presence with you in a prior moment of time. It helps you to be more inclined to trust and rest in God's presence with you today and in the days ahead. We'll make this exam and prayer available to you in the daily devotional email. You'll see there in your worship bulletin the link to, sub to subscribe to the daily devotional email if you haven't already done that. Another way you could do it is to pull up this video later after it's posted on Covenant's website and to be guided again by John in the prayer exam. The good news of Jesus, friends, like the Exodus, enables us to walk into a brand new life, getting out of bondage. Keep company with Jesus, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Come to Jesus to rest from trusting in your works to save you. 
Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Hallelujah and amen.